welcome to the Sterling Foursquare Church Podcast. Our mission is to offer hope for the broken, lives that are thriving, the equipping of believers, and the launching of leaders. More info can be found at sterlingfoursquare.com. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to be wrapping up our sermon series entitled Heroes, right? Discovering your kingdom adventure. And what we've been looking at is how to heroically pursue the plans and purposes of God for our lives so that we are going on our kingdom adventure in following Jesus in to those things. And as we've been talking about that journey and as we've been thinking about this new series where we're going to be interacting with some of our missionary friends, it's reminded me of a lot of my mission's travels. And our focus has primarily been uh, in Thailand, and we have been sending teams, and I have been going yearly since 2012, and many of you know some of the background and stories on that, but our friend and missionary Aaron Glassburn, who is in Thailand, he went on the very first trip and went on every trip after that. And one of the things that I learned to do when I was going on these trips is I learned to pack really light and to move fast. And the reason why I could do that is because Aaron packed everything else. What what I discovered in going on trips with him is he was prepared for any and every incident. On the very first trip, he had one of those trekker backpacks that you could have put a small person in. And it was packed full. And on each trip, this thing would come and oftentimes more pieces would accompany him. And he had everything that I needed. Stuff that I didn't know I needed before I went on the trip. Stuff that I uh, began to just not pack because I knew that he would have them along trip after trip after trip. He had everything that I needed. Moist towelette? Yes. Actually, which type do you want? Hypoallergenic or do you just want a regular one? Uh, Toothpaste? Sure, I've got extra for you, Ben. Pain reliever? What brand would you like? Uh, bug spray, all kinds of different things. Currency exchange rate calculator, I've got an app for that. Uh, pocket translator, I've got an app for that. Portable electronics uh, uh, charger. Soap for washing our clothes in the sink. Extra blanket, inflatable pillow, mouthwash, face wash, toilet paper, fingernail clippers when you used to not even be able to still get them on the plane. He had them on the plane somehow. He had everything that I needed. Headphones that I'd have to bump from him, slippers for the flight, snacks. He even had snacks and would be gracious enough to share. Everything that I needed, he had packed. And I began to, on our trips, be able to just go really light with just, just here's what I've got. I wouldn't have to overpack or overplan because I knew that Aaron would cover me. And I share that with you because when we talk about following Jesus into the plans and purposes uh, that he has for our life, or when we talk about maybe taking a step of faith and to move into the leaning or the leading of the Holy Spirit, we have a tendency to return to a thought process that says that we're not ready and we don't have enough, that we, we don't have what's necessary uh, to move forward. Um, a lot of times we have a poverty mindset, which is a, a way of thinking that says, I don't have enough of what I need to X, Y, or Z. And that actually has a tendency to influence our spirituality, where we have an impoverished spirituality. And I just want to remind you today, and as we close out this series that has been an invitation to move into the things that God has for your life, I want to remind you that everything that you will need for that journey, you already have secure in Jesus. 
that you can have faith, hope, and courage for whatever step of faith that you bring encouraged into today because Jesus has already packed for the things that you're not even aware that you are going to need. He already has you covered. And with that thought in mind, I want to invite you to get out your Bibles. If you've got your smartphone or your tablet, I would encourage you to open up your Bible app. Lord, we ask that you would give us soft hearts to receive from your word today. Lord, increase our faith. Give us a courageous faith. Lord, give us a willingness to step and to move, maybe even into the things that are unknown. Lord, maybe to embrace promises that you have extended to us that we've been reluctant to reach for because they're almost too good to be true. Lord, just increase our faith today that we would take steps knowing that you have already secured the provision that we need to walk in obedience and that that's our part to take that step in Jesus' name. Amen. With your Bibles out, I want to encourage you to open up to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to be looking at a verse there that's going to set kind of the stage for our interaction in God's Word today. But we're also going to be in the book of Matthew. We'll be in the book of Ephesians, and we'll be back to Philippians. So we're kind of going to, going to go on a little bit of a whirlwind here. But we're going to start with Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And Paul is closing out his letter with this idea. So he's written this letter back to the church in Philippi. It was a church that he started. It was a church that really began illustration of God's power. You can find that story in the book of Acts, and you can pick up some of that just in the letter that he sends back to that church. But as he's closing out this letter, he makes this statement in chapter 4, verse 19. He says, my God will meet all your needs. If you're a note taker, if you're an underliner, if you're one of those type of people, I would make sure that you would highlight this in some form. It's an important part of the verse, but that God will meet all your needs. Now look at this, according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And so Paul, as he's wrapping up his letter, he makes a pretty bold statement. It's a pretty big promise that any and every need that you would encounter, there has already been provision made for that need in Christ. And that's key. It's the, the idea of in Christ Jesus is where that is found. And when you get to this verse, it's an interesting thing because Paul makes this, this big overarching statement, but the context that he made it in started very narrow. In fact, the verses kind of preceding this, Paul is talking about financial provision, and he's actually commending the Philippian church for being one of the consistent churches that had helped finance his church planting and his missionary endeavors. And he was commending them for not only being consistent in that, but there was a period where they were the one church that was still kind of supporting Paul during a period. And they had continued that type of generosity to the point that they were now kind of extending themselves beyond what was comfortable. That they were not just giving out of their plenty, but they were giving out of their lack as well. That there, there was an extent of generosity that went past the comfort level of just what they had. Right? And, and you, it's really easy to be generous with your money, generous with your time, generous with your stuff when you've got plenty of it. And then when you have less of it, we usually have a little bit of a, a more difficult time doing that. But they had kind of this, uh, this perspective of how to partner in the things of the kingdom of God, that whether they were in plenty or in want, they were consistent. 
And so Paul's commending him in, them in that, and he's reminding them now that as even things have gotten a little bit more difficult for them, that they're still staying the course, and he reminds them not that just God meets financial provision, but he steps back and reminds them that any and every provision that is needed for them to participate in the things that God is doing in their midst has already been secured in Christ Jesus, that, that the pack has already been uh, packed in such a way that any need that they were going to encounter, Christ was going to be the one who was going to be able to supply each and every one of those needs, that God will meet all of your needs, practical and spiritual, according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. So in Christ is where those things end up being met. And so he reminds them, any and all needs are met in Christ that God could and would provide for every practical and spiritual need that they had in Christ Jesus. And this is a great reminder for us. This is a great encouragement for us as we wrap up this series because as we have been focusing on taking steps and kind of moving forward and pursuing the things that God has for us, oftentimes one of the things that we bump into is not feeling we have what we need to get there. And we make a mistake oftentimes of looking to the future and saying, I don't have an answer for that, and we miss the today. We miss the step of faith today because we're trying to solve the problem of tomorrow. And Jesus addresses this issue that is, is pretty much just a human tendency. You don't need to feel guilty about that. You just need to be aware that that is our tendency so that we can respond uh, in a more uh, mature faith when it comes to those things. But in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, for the most part, you have what is called the Sermon on the Mount. And it's one of the broadest collection of uh, kind of single teaching in one locale of, of Jesus. And it's really a, a celebrated one. And he tackles all kinds of subjects and all, times of, all kinds of issues. But in Matthew chapter six, one of the things that he kind of focuses in on is our tendency to worry, our tendency to become anxious, especially when it comes to our daily provision. Now, let's show of hands, are there any worriers here? Okay, so some of you are, are worriers and you would raise your hand. Some of you are worried about being known as worriers, so you didn't raise your hand. You're extra worried is how I'm reading that, right? But we have a tendency to be in that place. And Jesus, he shifts his attention to that in the Sermon on the Mount, and he begins to talk to the, to the collective there. And he says, hey, don't worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Now, why? Aren't those things important? Absolutely, those things are important. In fact, the two things that I address with my children at the beginning of each day is get dressed and eat your breakfast. That's the battle that I fight every morning. Can anybody sympathize with me? Some of you fight your own battle in that where you are standing there and you don't even know what to wear and you're not sure what you want for breakfast. You can't even figure it out for yourself. So it's, we're all in this. But he begins with these two things because they have a tendency to arrest all of our attention. And he says, don't worry about those things because God cares for you. He, he starts addressing our tendency to be overwhelmed by our practical needs and drawing our attention back to the Lord, knowing that he loves us and that he's going to care for us in that place. That God will supply you with what you need physically for the things that he's called you to. 
that he has already addressed those things. And as, as Jesus begins to go through that, there's, there's a depth of teaching here. And he says, you know, that, that in illustrated within just kind of nature that God cares for the birds of the air. And so he's going to care for you, certainly, that he clothes the flowers with splendor and beauty. And certainly he's going to have enough care and concern for you to clothe you. But as Jesus is, is challenging us to not be overwhelmed by the very real practical needs that we have, but to look somewhere else, then he gets to this culminating statement in verse 33. And if you've uh, got your Bibles, you can read along uh, quietly with this. But he says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Some translations will say, seek ye first. Maybe you remembered it this way. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Je Jesus is drawing their attention not to the fact that these aren't real needs. They are. They're real needs. But seek first the kingdom of God, his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And so Jesus draws our uh, attention to the fact that we do have real practical needs, but not to be stuck there, to look to the one who is the provider of those needs. And believe in faith that he will meet your need today and take that step that will move you forward into the things of the kingdom of God tomorrow. Sometimes we don't make any progress today because we're trying to figure out tomorrow's problems. And so we can constantly be future casting, trying to problem solve things and actually never take a step of faith in the day that is ours, the moment that we're in. And so Jesus is encouraging us towards that. And it has uh, really this perspective of knowing where your need is met. See, there's times where when things get tight, we want to we wanna solve our own problems. I don't know if you've ever been there. I've been there. It's easy for me to have great faith in my finances when I've got money to count. But when I'm counting more bills and there's a lot more subtra subtraction than addition, like things get a little bit more tight. And I have a tendency to lean towards trying to solve that problem myself, don't you? Right? You start thinking about where you can kind of trim the budget here or how you can pick up an extra, uh, an extra side job or a side gig or some overtime. We, we start trying to wheel and deal. And there's, there's some uh, uh, validity to that. You should practice good stewardship, biblical stewardship principles. You should be trustworthy with the resources that God gives you. But when we decide we're going to solve those problems ourselves, apart from seeking him first, I can tell you that those things won't be added to you. When I seek my kingdom first, all of the provision that God has promised for me, that, that is mine in Christ. If I'm looking into my own pack for the trip, then I'm going to find, guess what? Ben didn't pack toothpaste this time because Aaron's always got two or three. Like when we lean out and go back into our own understanding and our own ability, we usually come up short. Christ has the pack. And he's packed for your trip and he's ready to move you into those things. And one of the things that I find illustrated in uh, the life of the Apostle Paul is that he figured out how to do this really well. If you read about Paul's life, he has a lot of mountaintop experiences where he gets to see the miraculous demonstrated. And then he got beat up a lot and thrown in jail. Like his life just kind of ping pongs up and down all over the place. And it's easy to, to be faith-filled when things are, are easy around us. When we can see or when we're watching the progress or when we get to be a part of a miracle. It can be a challenge when things get difficult. 
But one of the neat things about Paul is that he found a way to have his feet grounded regardless of what circumstance he was in. He was standing firmly uh, on Christ. And what's uh, illustrated a little bit earlier in Philippians, right? We looked at that Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, where he makes this bold statement that any and every need, practical or spiritual, God has already arranged provision for you in Christ, right? That's a pretty big promise. But a little bit earlier, as he's talking about our tendency to have highs and lows and ping pong between have and have not, he talks about how to be content. So just a few verses earlier in that same chapter, chapter Philippians chapter 4, he says this starting in verse 11. He says, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. He, he has learned something about practical provision that has allowed him to remain steadfast whether things were going well or, or, or they weren't. And the secret to how he... Uh, establish that type of contentment is in the next verse. And it's a verse that's going to be super familiar to you. Many of you could quote it. And he says this, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. A lot of translations will say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you understand that what, uh, what, what Paul is highlighting here, right? That verse is oftentimes just kind of picked out and used For I can change the circumstances of my life to be better because Jesus is going to help me. But the context of the verse is this. I can endure any of life's circumstances because Jesus is with me. I'm going to look to him and I can be content whether I have or have not. Whether the answer to my prayer is yes or no whether I'm in a place of abundance and provision or whether I am in a place of desert and barrenness because I have looked to Jesus to be with me in those things. The contentment comes from focusing on Christ and recognizing that he is present. It's the same thing that Jesus is saying that as you seek the kingdom of God first, those other things don't become the burden or the concern of your heart. And so as we've been talking about being heroic and pursuing the things of God for our life, maybe you have some practical hurdles in front of you that have been excuses for why you maybe wouldn't take a step of faith at this point or you're still kind of waiting on God's timing. And maybe what needs to happen is is your eyes need to be lifted from those very real and practical burdens to the one who meets needs. And take a step of faith today knowing that he's already in your tomorrow and that he's going to be faithful to that. And so Jesus speaks kind of of this practical provision in the Sermon on the Mount. Paul alludes to it in that uh, Philippians passage as well. But Paul also reminds us that God provides every spiritual need. He provides for every spiritual need that you might have. And some of those things are very, they're just as real as being hungry. They're just as real as as not having resource of material in your hands. And you may in this sermon series have had the Lord inviting you to take a step of faith and you have felt, you know what, I'm not worthy. 
You're still racked with guilt and condemnation because of things that have been littered in your past. Maybe you're still dealing with the very real consequences of decisions that you have made or decisions that were made for you. And you're wrestling through those very real things as well. Maybe you are dealing with a, a, a lack of discipline in your spirituality. You're finding it difficult to pray or to worship or to even uh, really lean into or pursue the Lord, that there's a reluctance to come boldly into his presence because you don't recognize the grace that's been extended to you. Maybe you are still kind of blind to areas of brokenness or sin in your life that God is inviting you to begin to explore with him because he wants to bring healing and wholeness, but you're reluctant to really go there because you're not sure that you can trust him. Those things are all are, are all spiritual needs that need to be addressed. And in Ephesians chapter one, verse three, Paul says this, he says, praise be to God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with, look at this, every spiritual blessing in Christ. That every spiritual blessing that you would have need of is already yours in Christ. And a great activity for you to do this week, if you are a note taker, if you like to, to kind of grab a, a biblical concept and just really want to chew on it, or, or you want to take kind of an extra step to kind of grow and to begin to uh, develop a discipline in that, I would encourage you in that Ephesians chapter, Ephesians chapter one, and maybe throw in uh, chapter two just for good measure. There's some great things in there as well. Go to that chapter and highlight or underline every place that Paul uses a phrase that is similar to this, either in Christ or in him. Because in Ephesians chapter one, Paul uses that phrase, it's his favorite phrase to identify a, a disciple of Christ or a Christ follower, somebody who is saved, is somebody who is in Christ. It's his favorite phrase to use to identify somebody like that. He goes through Ephesians chapter one and says, in Christ, you have this. In Christ, you are this. In Christ, this has changed in your life. In Christ, and he identifies all of these spiritual things that have been now provided for you because of what Christ has done in your life. And if you began to do that, you would unpack some pretty neat things that, that in Christ, you are holy and blameless. Did you know that? That in Christ, you are holy and blameless before God. And that's kind of a mind-blowing concept for us because we know what we did yesterday or last night or on our way to church today. We know where we kind of came up short or, or where we're still kind of wrestling out, making things aligned with uh, the, the word of God in our life. We know the, our shortcomings. But in Christ, you have already been presented holy and blameless before the Lord. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul goes out of his way to emphasize that. And so if the, if the Lord has been inviting you to go on his kingdom adventure, the Lord has been inviting you to take a step. Jesus has been beckoning you to follow in a way where your life begins to move in alignment with the plans and purposes for him. And you have felt like, I'm not worthy. That's a spiritual need that needs to be addressed. You are in Christ already blameless before the Lord. Take a step of faith and move into living that reality out in your daily life. If you continued on through that chapter, you would find that in Christ that you have been brought into the family of God, that you are now a son or daughter of the King. 
you would find that you've got redemption, that you've got received forgiveness, that you have grace, that those things are all yours, that you don't have to just hope for those or wish for those, but they've already been made available to you in Christ Jesus. You would find that he makes his will and purpose for your life known to you. That's huge. So many of us spend the majority of our life scratching our head and asking the question, why am I here? Is there any purpose for my life? Does it, does it even matter? Does it matter what I do or even how I do it? We're so racked with condemnation and we're so impoverished in our perspective of our value and we're so impoverished spiritually that we can almost not hope that there would be a great future for us in Christ Jesus. We're just you know, hoping to scrape through life and maybe get into heaven at the end. But if you read Ephesians chapter one, it would let you know that in Christ, that you have been chosen, that you have a new destiny in Christ, that you can know the plans and purposes of God, that you've received the Holy Spirit. Those are all spiritual things that are made available to you to address needs in your life that are yours in Christ. Those are all in Jesus's backpack when he says, hey, why don't you come and follow me? He's got all of the things that you would need, things that you don't know you need yet, that as you take a step of faith today and that need arises tomorrow and your first thought is, oh no, what am I gonna do? He's already unpacking his pack and saying, I've got that. What type of moist talent do you need today? Like he, he has it, he has you covered. And there would be something in us of faith that would arise if we could arrive at this certain truth, that whatever we need, Jesus supplies. That whatever you face, he already has an answer. That even the uncertainty of your future, he is the God of tomorrow, he has already been there. And he's already made arrangements for you as you take steps of faith and embrace the things that he has for you. Church family, I'm going to invite you to stand this morning. Worship team, if you would come back forward. Just with the thought that Jesus has what we need, we're going to go to him. And we're going to ask him to show us the place of need in our hearts and in our lives. And we're going to offer those needy places back to him, believing that he's going to make provision there. And so as the worship team joins me, if you would just take a moment to close your eyes. And that's just to close out the distractions that might draw your attention. Let's consider these questions this morning. And the first one is this, what, what are the needs that you're facing? Like what, what need do you have this morning? You know, maybe you're in a place where you have a number of physical needs. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it has to do with uh, a, an illness in your body. Maybe these very kind of real and practical needs. Maybe you have a need for employment or a need for new employment because the place that you're at is sucking your soul dry. Like what, what need would you have today that you could offer back to the Lord? Maybe you have a spiritual need. Maybe you are overwhelmed today with condemnation. Maybe you are struggling with doubt in your faith. Maybe there are spiritual disciplines that you're looking to put into practice in your life and you just feel stuck. You don't, you don't feel like you can get over that hurdle and, and, and kind of get that into the daily rhythm of your life. Jesus can meet you in those things. He'll meet you in that place and he'll provide for you what is needed for you to move forward. 
Maybe you feel stuck and you need freedom today. Maybe you've been made more aware of your brokenness this week and you need to be made whole. Maybe you need physical or emotional or spiritual healing. Maybe you need to be delivered like we sang about today. Maybe you've come face to face with your sin and your waywardness this week, your rebellion. And in your brokenness, you need to receive forgiveness. You need to receive grace and mercy. Those are already being offered to you in Christ. Let your faith arise that you can be forgiven, that you can receive grace today. Allow his mercy to wash over you. Maybe you need favor in your workplace. Maybe you need guidance in the decisions that you're making. Maybe, maybe you need a miracle. Maybe you need a very real kingdom power demonstrating miracle. You need breakthrough. You need life out of death. You need resurrection. All of those things are found in Jesus. All of those things are on offer in him. All of that is available in Christ. And so, Lord, we come to you with our needs, and each one of them being varying and different. We put our hands out in front of us just as, as, as a symbol of offering those things to you. Lord, take this burden. Lord, exchange it with your light and easy yoke. Lord, exchange it with your rest. Lord, we come to you first. Lord, some of us have focused so much on our need that we haven't made any forward progress in following you because we haven't taken a step today, because we're still worried about tomorrow. But Lord, we take our eyes off of our needs, off of our moments, Lord, off of the uncertainty of tomorrow. And we seek you first, if in no other place in this very moment. Lord, we seek you first. We come to you and we ask. And we knock, we surrender our needs to you. And Lord, your word says that when we would seek you first, when we would prioritize your kingdom, that these needs fall into place and the provision for them is already secure in Christ. Your word says that when we seek you, that we find, Lord, that when we ask you, that you answer, that when we knock, Lord, that you open your door to us. And so we do that today. Lord, with honest hearts before you, we surrender our needs. And Lord, where those needs have been reasons or excuses for us to not move forward, for us not to take steps of growth and steps of faith, steps of maturity. Lord, we pray that you would forgive us for that excuse, that you would remove that burden and that you would increase our faith today, that we would follow after you. And Lord, as we face an uncertain tomorrow, and that may be a philosophical, philosophical statement or that may be very real. Tomorrow, we're not sure what's gonna happen. Lord, help us to move boldly forward knowing that you have already packed for our journey. That every practical provision that you have means to meet and every spiritual provision has already made ours in Christ. Lord, increase our faith and our confidence, not in ourselves, but in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you've got a smartphone or a tablet, I would encourage you to snap a picture of our action steps this week. The first one is begin to be honest before the Lord about your needs. Don't try to meet your needs yourself. Don't do it in your own strength. Be honest with the Lord about those things. Number two, as you're made aware of those needs, trust that he will meet practical and spiritual needs in Christ and in response in faith because of that trust Take a step of faith 
this week that demonstrates that. Come on, let's go out worship.